Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tung. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. I'm your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And I'm absolutely delighted to welcome to the show today James Tiburon, who has done some extraordinary work working with the crystalline grids of the planet. And at this really critical time, uh, I'm looking forward to having a, a chat about several different aspects of our spiritual evolving that, that are taking place at the moment. James, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Peter. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here. Well, first of all, I really want to, to have a chat about the uh, so-called triple dates uh, that have taken place since January the 1st, 2001, the 111, and coming through to last year, which was a very significant 10-10-10, and now you're in preparations for the 11-11-11, November the 11th, 2011. So if you wouldn't mind giving our listeners a little bit of an understanding of the significance of these triple dates and perhaps talk about the 10-10-10 and the 11-11-11. With pleasure, Peter. The, uh, the triple date portals are an interesting phenomena that, uh, as you mentioned, only occur from uh, January 1st, 2001 through January uh, through December 12th, 2012. Thus, the triple date, uh, you know, uh, nomenclature with the one 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 two 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 all the way through. And what's interesting about that is that uh, that puts them in a base twelve sequence. And so, I received information uh, in Channel in uh, 2000 about these, and I wrote an article about their significance. And what I was told in Channel is that these are part of the activation of the new grid, the new crystalline grid. Of course, everyone's familiar with Lee Carroll and Cryon, who spoke about the magnetic grid and the uh, work that was being done on the magnetic grid through, uh, through Cryon, and Lee himself talks about the crystal grid now coming in. And so the crystal grid is around the expansion of the planet into the higher vibrations, the crystalline frequency uh, that takes us away from the magnetic. In fact, the the magnetic grid is the grid that uh, held the polarity and extended through the third dimension. It is the crystalline grid that comes back in for the expansion, for the ascension of the uh, planet, which in essence is the expansion of the Earth from a 3D dimensional experience to 12 dimensional experience, and that is happening through the crystalline grid. Now, the first person to describe the geometry, the sacred geometry of the um, crystalline grid is Joseph uh, Jockman, and he described it, which Metatron uh, has confirmed as a double pentadodecahedron. It's basically a very complex geometry that, uh, to simplify the image, is a stellated dodecahedron. A dodecahedron, of course, is a, uh, a, a spherical um, geometry with 12 pentagonal platelets on it. It's not unlike a soccer ball. And uh, each of these uh, major um, um, pentagonal figures 
tie-in to the triple dates as the dates that they're being activated. So the triple dates are activation dates for the crystalline grid. It is a time and a place for the human network, the human grid, for lack of a better term, to come together and tie their energies in to that uh, crystalline grid. So that's what the triple dates are all about. It's about the crystalline transformation of the planet. And what is occurring on the 11-11-11 is bringing the grid into essentially 94% functionality. And that's a a major, major step forward. And um, we're doing this in Arkansas, as you're aware. Arkansas is the largest singular deposit of quartz crystal in the world. It's the second largest deposit by country because Brazil in Minas Gerais and in Bahia has more crystals, but none of the crystal deposits there in terms of an individual location are as large as the one that's located in Arkansas. So with all the interesting phenomena that has occurred in Arkansas with these uh, interesting earthquakes that occurred, the, the birds dropping out of the air, uh, there's some very, very amazing things happening. And, in fact, uh, Metatron tells me that these uh, bird droppings were simply a shock that occurred from the piezoelectric effect of the massive quartz crystals in the area. So, uh, And another interesting note, Peter, that uh, we have about 350 people that could witness to this. Uh, last year, we had the 10-10-10 in the crystal vortex in Arkansas, and one of those earthquakes uh uh, took place right below our location in Mountain Magazine last year, and it is an area of um, unknown faults. And so it was an activation of the crystals, we believe. And so we think there will be another telltale phenomena occurring this year at the 11-11-11. So, Tib, I should just say that you were originally a geologist in the more traditional uh, 3D world, and so you, you've actually gone through this consciousness shift from your original career into this uh, higher metaphysical awareness of the crystalline grids of the planet through those crystal activations. Um, And I'd love to hear you speak a little bit more about the what happened with the birds, because it was a huge event, I recall, across North America when those birds literally fell out of the sky. So, So just give me that interpretation in a bit more detail. Well, uh, first of all, bird, f- birds falling from the sky like that is not such an unusual phenomenon. It is a very rare uh, phenomenon, but it has occurred uh, in other locations, but particularly in Arkansas. I am a uh, geologist, and I uh, grew up in Arkansas. My father was uh, with the University of Arkansas Law School. We grew up on the campus, and I graduated from there in uh, geology. The... Um, uh, and I worked for 33 years as a professional geologist and engineer. And now what occurred uh, in Arkansas had occurred before. Uh, during, the, uh, during the years that I lived in Arkansas growing up, and I was born there and lived there until I was uh, 23 years old, uh, I can recall at least two other occasions where a lot of birds fell out of the sky. And so what, uh, what I absolutely believe occurred is that the piezoelectric, aspect of quartz. Now, this is science. This is, uh, this is not metaphysical. Quartz has a property uh, as well as two other minerals, which are topaz and tourmaline, uh, in which when there is a certain amount of pressure applied to quartz or tension applied to quartz, it will release an electrical shock wave. And so what I believe occurred uh, on January 1st, uh, 2011, which is another interesting one one 
one one uh, is that a shock wave of piezoelectric energy went into the uh, sky, and uh, about five thousand birds were temporarily stunned by the shock, and these were a type of red winged blackbird, and there are literally thousands of them that nest in that particular area during the winter. But I believe that the shock stunned them and that they died uh, in a free fall by the blunt trauma of hitting the ground. And, but what is very interesting about that is that it was a piezoelectric shock, and I believe it is the result of the crystals activating in Arkansas. Because of the fact that uh, Arkansas is the largest single deposit of uh, natural quartz crystal, uh, and just to put in a uh, side note, there the, the quartz crystals began at the area of Little Rock, Arkansas, where I grew up. They extend for 170 miles on a backward sea curve all the way to the border of Oklahoma. They're about th- that band of quartz crystal is among the highest quality quartz crystal on the planet. It's a little bit harder than average quartz, which is 7.0 on the uh, Mo scale. And uh, there are some in- incredible crystals all through that particular area, a lot of crystal mines. And the Atlanteans, and, and let me just add one other thing, uh, Peter, Lee Carroll got me started in this because I went to a cryon conference in 2002 in uh, New England, and during cryon's channel, uh, he said that evidence of Atlantis existed in Arkansas. And, of course, that's where I grew up, and so I don't think I heard anything else on that channel, and I started uh, really exploring all the areas that I had uh, looked into that I had grown up among uh, during my life. And uh, I became interested in metaphysics when I was living in Brazil, and I lived outside the United States a long time. And uh, Brazil, I lived in Brazil in the area of the uh, other quartz deposits on the planet for the next seven years, and uh, that's when I had my metaphysical awakening. So I was sort of a closet metaphysician for a number of years as I worked as a professional geologist, but I always studied the uh, sacred sites, the properties of minerals. And interestingly enough, when I lived in Brazil, and this is back in the late 70s, I started getting a certain percentage of my salary in Brazilian uh, cruzeiros, which devalued at 400% a year. When I got there in 77, uh, six cruzeiros made $1. When I left in 1983, the end of 1983, after seven years, over 25,000 cruzeiros made $1. So I started buying gemstones to hedge against the devaluation, and I developed an understanding um, of... uh, of all the properties of the seven forms of crystals because Brazil is a virtual cornucopia of gemstones. And I studied gemology while I was there so that uh, I could know what I was buying and developed a tremendous uh, passion for gemstones, not so much as ornaments, not so much as vanities, but as energy tools, which Edgar Cayce talked a tremendous amount about, a tremendous amount about in his information. It's interesting how it all gets pieced together for us, isn't it? It is. It's, it's fascinating in retrospect. <laughs> so let's just talk a little bit now about the 12-12-12, because you mentioned the 11-11-11, and, and, and you said 94%. So does that mean it becomes 100% on the 12-12-12? Absolutely. Great question. And so there is, a, there is about an 8.5% activation of the crystalline grid, 
And it's interesting that 12, you know, 12 is extremely significant in the earth plane. Uh, you know, we've always had the 12 months of the year, the, uh, the 12 hours of the day, and uh, the 12 uh, disciples of Christ, the 12 zodiac signs, which we'll speak about a little bit later in this interview. So 12 is very significant. And, uh, you know, the Bible speaks about the 144,000, uh, 12, you know, 144 being the, uh, the square of 12. And so the 12-12-12 is the date that the uh, crystalline grid becomes fully active, fully functional and operational. And at that time, I believe that it will go into what you might term as a rebooting and then activate with all the energy uh, on 12-21-12, which is numer uh, in numerological terms the same thing. And so there will be that uh, sort of rebooting that occurs during that, uh, um, what is it, uh, nine days between the 12-12-12 and the 12-21-12. But yes, the crystalline grid will be fully active on uh, it will complete on the 12-12-12 and be fully active on December 21st, um, the Ascension. So we're actually coming up to our first uh, first break at the moment, Tim. So what I'm going to do is actually ask you, as you've mentioned the Ascension, what exactly is going to take place from your perspective on December 21st, 2012? It's a bit of tongue for awakening to conscious co-creation. Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tong. Just like to remind you to check out the banner on the uh, host page www.myheartcenteredjourney.com and the Ambassador of Light class that we are uh, currently hosting. Uh, a week uh, tomorrow I will be talking about all of the uh, resolutions that we had and interesting experiences in the Taurus aspect of our uh, landscape feature here in, in Victoria on that show. And people are now joining in around the world with, uh, with the, uh, the work that we're doing with the, the landscapes. And I know that uh, James Tiburon will be talking a little bit about that when we get on to Glastonbury a bit later in the show. 
so James, let's uh, let's continue and let's chat again about the ascension, December twenty first, twenty twelve, and what you believe is is actually going to happen or what that's about. Thank you, Peter, and that's an excellent question and a fascinating, complex question, uh, because in many ways the ascension has already occurred. For many people, the ascension is already there, that expansion of energies. If we consider, as I do, that the ascension is tied to the centering of our solar system into the Milky Way galaxy, which according to the Mayans and now according to modern academics occurs about every once every 26,000 years and change. So if we are 18 months away from December 21st, 2012, when you divide uh, one and a half uh, by 26,000, you see that we're in that energy pretty much now anyway. So in certain aspects, the ascension is already here. There are certain astrological phenomena uh, that are required, such as the, um, the very, very powerful equinoxes and solstices that, are, that still are yet to occur in uh, 2011 and 2012 that bring certain downloads and certain energies. But I believe that the ascension is about the... Um, ability of the earth to fully expand into the crystalline field uh, of 12 of the 12 dimensional field now let me add this i think that just as the uh uh two you know the millennia the uh, 2k phenomenon when everyone was concerned that the computers were all going to stop i think that uh on december excuse me on december 22nd 2012 90% of the world's population are going to wake up and say, what was the big deal? Because it's going to appear to be just another day, uh, albeit the Christmas holidays, uh, it, it's going to appear to be uh, pretty much the same as the day before and the day before and the day before. And so the ascension is about, in my opinion, the ability of people, uh, the ability of seekers on the path to have greater access to the higher selves, greater access to the higher dimensions. But I think that the ascension that occurs on December 21st, 2012, uh, with the uh, completion of the crystalline grid in tow, intact, uh, is um, for the matrix, for, and or perhaps a better word would be for the template. In other words, it is easier to go into the crystalline field of 12 dimensions uh, on December 21st and afterward uh, because of these uh, changes that have taken place in the energy fields. I think that the ascension of mankind is enabled through the ascension of the planet on December 21st, but I do not think the ascension of mankind in mass uh, is going to occur on that day. Wars on December 22nd, uh, 2012, there will still be wars around the planet. There will still be corporate greed. There will still be uh, crimes taking place. I believe, uh, from what I've channeled through Archangel Metatron, that the actual ascension in mass of mankind is about 15 generations away, or about 300 years away, uh, because ascension takes place never in mass for the humanity, but according to each person's energy field. So I think that the template to allow mankind to ascend is what is happening on December 21st, and the critical mass of mankind, more than 50% of mankind, will be in mass enlightenment vibration 
uh, about 300 years from now. Oh, that's a really interesting perspective. Um, and so what you're saying is really that the, that the potential connection that we have with the Earth itself is uh, the way in which we can raise our own vibration, consciousness, and awareness into higher dimensions. Very well phrased, and, and, and exactly. I think that the uh, energy and the changes in our physiology will begin in, uh, in a serious way after the, uh, the template has changed. And by the template, I mean, again, that there, are, there will be 12 dimensions of energy far more accessible to mankind. Uh, I think that there has been a new light body that uh, has been necessitated uh, by the increasing frequency on the planet Earth. The human resonance uh, is increasing. The, uh, uh, we have these massive uh, solar winds, these tornadoes, these hurricanes, these tsunamis, all of which on the surface on one level appear to be tragic, yet no one passes on the planet that hasn't, uh, that hasn't chosen to. But what is really taking place is the shift, cleansing, purification, and frequency increase for the planet to allow for these greater energies. Uh, I think that the arc swing of duality will be lessened by these changes. I think that the DNA, as uh, Lee Carroll again has spoken extensively about, uh, the, into the 12-strand DNA, the, uh, the 12 dimensional access, the, uh, all of these things uh, are leading to the shift of the human body, according to Metatron, from carbon base to silicon base, uh, which is the uh, base element of crystal. And so I think uh, in 300 years, we will be a different human race. We will be far more luminescence in appearance, uh, have uh, greater energy. And let me rephrase that. I think that will begin to happen in 300 years. I think it's in step-by-step step over the next 15 generations, but I think by that time it will become apparent and then become more uh, into that phase of the human uh, being the way they were during the golden age of Atlantis, not the final stage of Atlantis, but the golden age of Atlantis and the final parts of Lemuria. Something to look forward to. Yes. <laughs> Tell us, uh, you know, so many people think that this is, this is their last, last lifetime on Earth. I think very, very many of us will come back in about 300 years to be part of that time. <laughs> <laughs> look forward to that. So tell us a bit more about the actual events of the 11-11-11 that you're hosting in Arkansas. What's yes, we are actually having uh, this event in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, we are uh, along the riverside of the Arkansas River, and we have a great lineup of speakers. Michael Cremo, uh, who has written four international bestsellers. Perhaps you've interviewed him. He wrote uh, The Hidden History of the Human Race and Forbidden Archaeology, and he is just an amazing speaker. He spent a number of years living in India, uh, but he is a uh, research anthropologist who has just got stunning evidence of mankind's existence on the earth uh, in highly advanced uh, scientific uh, cultures. Uh, and he reveals these and just in a fascinating talk, a fascinating PowerPoint presentation, showing slides and, uh, and, uh, and, and speaks about undeniable evidence of civilizations that were highly advanced 150,000 years ago. He speaks about the discovery in a gold mine in South Africa of a machine with carbon steel ball bearings that was found in a formation that's over 100,000 years old.
And so there's no way it could have been put there. Right. And uh, and there is just a tremendous amount of information that has been glossed over by mainstream academia or just uh, just uh, completely dis- disavowed. And so this is a time in the ascension when uh, light is being revealed, when our true history is being revealed. Graham Hancock speaks about uh, humans being a species with amnesia, and it is time for us to know uh, the true history of the of the uh, human race on the planet Earth. And so Michael Cremo will be there. We also have Dr. Samir Osmanagich, who is a member of the uh, esteemed uh, uh, Russian Academy of Science, and uh, he is the discoverer of the Bosnian pyramids, uh, which are absolutely amazing, and uh, so he'll be there to talk about some new discoveries. Uh, I did a channel about this uh, through Metatron about uh, six months ago, and Metatron said that he is very close to discovering some amazing, undeniable evidence of previous civilizations and of extraterrestrial uh, civilizations, and so he's going to speak about that. In fact, they have now uh, uncovered a chamber with some very interesting uh, hieroglyphics and uh, and objects found inside, and so that's going to be fantastic. Dr. Samir is a independently he's a, he is a highly educated individual from Bosnia, and uh, after he discovered these pyramids, mainstream academia pretty well disavowed them, and uh, he had to fund the archaeological digs himself. Luckily, he uh, he owns a company and uh, is independently wealthy, but he is a dedicated man and a absolutely brilliant speaker and uh, is doing a tremendous work. And uh, once these things are revealed, there will be no denying it. And so these are this is a very amazing pyramid complex that exists on a 51-degree angle between Giza and Stonehenge. And so it's just a it's just a fascinating topic, and so he will be there. We also have uh, Shana Knoll, uh, who is a well-known recording artist. He, she has the famous album uh, or CD called "Songs of the Inner Child," with the one "How Could Anyone Fail to Notice," which is a beautiful song. She's a great vocalist. She'll be there. I will be speaking, and we have a uh, a lot of other people speaking as well, like Adrian Goff. Uh, Nayara, Nina Brown will be there, and uh, Randy Monk, to name a few. And so uh, we have also Dr. Daniel Condren that will be speaking. So it's a great lineup. It's in Little Rock, Arkansas. We sell out at about 600 attendees, and we have more than 350 registered now. And one so other too, thing, and I saved the best for last, Max, the Crystal Skull, will, will be, be there that. with his caretaker, Joanne Parks. And his role is to... Uh, help recode the crystal vortex of Arkansas. You know, a lot of people aren't aware that Arkansas has a set of pyramids in them called the Toltec Mounds. It's a state park. Uh, excellent. And uh, we're coming so, up to our, we're just coming up to our second break, so we'll have okay. to take this break, and then when we come back. We'll start talking about Glastonbury and Roslyn Chapel. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. 
Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. Listening on a Higher Dimension, 7th Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. I'm your host, Peter Tong. Having with me today, James Tiburon, who was talking before the break about the 11-11-11 event that uh, he is hosting in Little Rock, Arkansas. So, James, for anybody that would like to uh, connect to that and, and come along, although you're already half full, uh, what, what is the website for that? The website is www.earth-keeper.com, and there's a phone number you can call to register. We have about 350 registered with room for about uh, 250 more, and uh, we have sold out this event the last three years. So you can also call Anne at 936-447-9119. Great. Thank you. So you're also you're a busy man. You're also heading off on a, a major uh, sacred site tour to, to the U.K. in a, in a few weeks. And um, just wanted to to chat with you a little bit about some of the places you're going to and some of the really significant energies connected to that. So do you want to just mention a little bit first about the overall trip and, and the purpose and, and the expectations for it? Yes, we are calling this the Pilgrimage to Sacred Britain. And uh, for a lot of North American listeners that have never been to Britain, Britain is one of the most powerful, amazing, and beautiful um, lands that exist on the planet earth it's an extremely high frequency and there are some very very unique sacred sites that are not only extremely powerful but extremely beautiful and extremely unique uh, and uh, so uh, among the most famous that we will be and i'll just visit i'll mention briefly the places that we are going to uh, visit during this pilgrimage uh, we're going uh, to uh, somerset to glastonbury and in Glastonbury, we will visit the Glastonbury Tor, uh, the Chalice Well Gardens, the Abbey Ruins, uh, and um, Wirral Hill. Uh, then we are going to uh, Merlin's Cave or Tintagel Castle in uh, uh, Cornwall, on the rugged, beautiful coast of the uh, English English Southwest shoreline. It's an absolutely amazing place. Then we're coming back up into Wiltshire and going to Avebury Stone Circle and Stonehenge and as well uh, take a look at some of the crop circles. And we will do ceremony in each of these locations. We will make time for each person to uh, be able to meditate. We'll do group meditations and uh, anchor some energies. 
And then we're going to Rosslyn Chapel. And uh, this is the unique piece about this pilgrimage is that we are connecting uh, all of these other locations to the finish in Rosslyn Chapel just outside of Edinburgh, Scotland. So let's just uh, chat a bit more about uh, Glastonbury first and then perhaps end up uh, in Roslyn at the end as you're yeah. going to do on your trip. So what, what, let's give our listeners a, a bit of a sense and, uh, of the special nature of Glastonbury in the tour. Well, Glastonbury is just a, a very, very unique uh, land. There's an extremely high frequency there. And uh, it is famous for its uh, landmark that is visible for miles around of the Glastonbury Tor, which is crowned by the remaining tower uh, that was once a cathedral dedicated to Archangel Michael. And uh, there are just tremendously complex energies in this area. And uh, it is best described locally and accurately as saying that the veil is very thin in these areas. So Glastonbury has been recognized for millennia as being a very, very sacred uh, place, a very unique place to get in touch with higher dimensions, both on the uh, higher dimensions and the inner dimensions. In fact, Glastonbury Tor is considered to be an entrance to the underworld, to the inner realms. And there is a seven-tiered uh, labyrinth that people walk uh, that offers um, very much similar to the uh, Mandala seven-walk uh, tier that the Buddhists do in places like uh, Buddha Budur in, um, in Indonesia that I visited a few years ago. And so you have this ability this uh, in Glastonbury to really tap into higher dimensions, both on the inner and outer plane. And Glastonbury is also, um, besides being a place of uh, very ancient Druid tradition and, uh, and mysticism, uh, was the place uh, where um, a lot of legends claim that... Uh, um, Mother Mary and uh, Joseph of Arimathea came to uh, uh, England, which was at the time part of the Roman, at the time of Christ, part of the Roman Empire. And, uh, and so there is a lot of legend and a lot of circumstantial evidence to support the idea that uh, Jesus spent time as a boy in Glastonbury to study with, uh, to study with some of the mystic schools there, some of the schools of ancient knowledge that were there. And so the first Christian church was also established in that area. And uh, you have the legend of the, um, of the thorn tree, the sacred thorn tree, that there is a thorn tree that grows in Glastonbury on Weirial Hill, and it is still growing there, uh, that it is an Israeli, uh, it is a Middle Eastern thorn tree that uh, blooms, interestingly, uh, at Christmas and on the Easter holidays, which is a very unique, uh, very unusual time for flowers to bloom, particularly in the UK. And so there are uh, legends that Joseph of Arimathea was the one that planted that tree. It's been there for th- for for hundreds of years. And uh, you also have the King Arthur legends in that particular area. Glastonbury, the the Glastonbury Tour is considered to be the. Uh, the Isle of Avalon. In those days, there was a swampy area, and there was a shallow sea in that area, and so you have the legends of King Arthur, King Arthur also being a Christ consciousness. A lot of parallels between King Arthur and the 12 Knights of the Round Table 
and Jesus with the 12 uh, disciples. And so there's a, a lot of, uh, of that Camelot energy there. And uh, you really, really get a sense of it. And uh, I've had a few meditations on the top of the tour and in the gardens of the uh, Chalice Well where I could easily envision knights uh, on horses and uh, all of that uh, uh, all of that legend of King Arthur, and so that that is there. It's very uh, it's very tangible and it's very um, profound in, in that particular area as well. And then to add to that, you have um, the tremendous unique energies around uh, Stonehenge and um, Avebury Circle, which is a far more powerful circle, in my opinion, than Stonehenge, far larger circle, and uh, and it is easily accessible. And uh, and so we're going to spend time in those energies and uh, visit a few crop circles, the ones that remain in the harvest season. And it's in, it's really because I've just I've just been to these same sites. It's quite really remarkable the parallel. I, did, I didn't get to go to Roslyn, but I went to all the others. And it is actually wonderful how in Avery you can actually have intimate connection with the stones and and really pick up the energies of the stone circle relative to Stonehenge, where it's now quite difficult to actually get access to be to be close to the stones. Well, what is unique about, and I'll, when we speak about Rosslyn, I'll speak about that as well, but uh, uh, Metatron has uh, given, us, given me information about the activation of the sun disk, and he says that uh, each of the major 12 sun disks actually have 12 satellites that uh, that works with it and that one of these is located uh, beneath the heel stone of uh, of Stonehenge and so we're going to go there to do some very unique uh, activations and tap into that energy and do do some alignments uh we just had a pilgrimage in um, late february where a group of us or in early february where we had a group of 100 people that went to Lake Titicaca and then to the remote highlands of Bolivia and uh, so we had some incredible experiences there, and a lot of these people are going with us uh, to carry that energy from the sun disk of Titicaca to these areas over there as well and, uh, and make that connection. And, uh, and so it's just a, a very, very unique uh, area. And then uh, you are correct. The, you know, the, the, the two major ley lines that run through the U.K. are the Michael Line and the Mary Line. They both cross on the tour. They both go through the uh, um, Chalice Well Garden uh, and uh, were actually plotted by a very famous author and uh, geomantist named Hamish Miller, who has written several books and mapped out the ley lines. But they pass both of the ley lines. The Michael and Mary Lines pass through Avebury Circle and neither pass through Stonehenge. And so that's very interesting as well, but it is a very, very powerful place, Avebury. And it's interesting that that's where all the crop circles are, are occurring. Absolutely. What does Metatron say about the crop circles? Uh, that they are messages, that the, it is the electromagnetics of the living Earth in that particular area. Uh, now, there are other areas on the planet that have highly electrical magnetic uh, uh, land areas, but there's something undeniably unique about the UK in terms of its blending of what I call zipped space, that there are areas um, 
all through southwest England and in uh, Scotland and uh, in uh, Wales and Ireland uh, where you can almost pass into parallel worlds and uh, and so the um, the full spectrum of the uh, of the electromagnetic energies exist there and create uh, these wormholes they create not only stargates that go into higher higher dimensions into other stellar systems but also into the holograms of the omni earth and that is what is so unique about these and so what metatron says is that these uh, not all but many of the crop circles are actually uh, sacred geometry imprints that bring down downloads. That's why the people that go inside them feel that buzzy feeling and feel like they're receiving messages. And uh, and I've spent, uh, I was actually in uh, Avebury Circle a few, back in the late 90s, I believe it was, uh, for the September um, equinox. And uh, I was I was actually in Avebury on the 20th of June, and then uh, on the morning of the 21st, there was an incredible crop circle just in one of the fields between um, uh, the Silbury Mound and the Avebury Circle, and, we, and so we were able to sit in it the first day, and it was just amazing, and it was a sacred geometry, and so these are uh, core codes. I believe that the uh, the sacred geometry, Metatron says this, is the fabric of the universe, and it is a language that our higher self understands. And it is also a code that is taking, uh, that is taking a role. Some of these crop circles have a role in uh, bringing in higher frequency geometric codes for the expansion of the planet itself. Yeah, it's pretty special, isn't it? I, I've been in a couple of crop circles myself, and what's interesting is the energy inside is, is quite different. It's unique to each of the individual structures, isn't it, when you're inside them? Oh, it is. It's just, it's just amazing. And you and I were having a conversation a few days ago, Peter, about uh, this phenomenon that I call uh, white sound, where uh, I've discovered that when I go into places uh, that have this, what I, this ability to... Um, go into parallel dimensions that uh, uh, even though, for example, in uh, the Chalice Garden, uh, the walls of the Chalice, uh, Chalice Gardens in Glastonbury and inside the Abbey Ruins, uh, even though there's traffic noise a few hundred meters away or less, you don't hear them. And I find the same thing true in um, uh, Rosslyn Chapel, but also inside crop circles. And when I go inside crop circles, even if there's people trying to come through and sit or even having a conversation, I don't hear them. I hear this little electrical buzz, not unlike a bee buzzing by. And, uh, <laughs> and so that's very interesting. So, Tim, we're coming up to our final break, and uh, we'll continue this great discussion uh, and move off to Rosalind Chapel in our last segment. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. 
Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tan. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Just a reminder to go to my website, www.petertongue.com, where there's all the information of the work that we're doing, as well as our sponsor, www.myheartcenteredjourney.com, where we have all sorts of opportunities for you to join in with the work that we're doing currently with the uh, Landscape Zodiac. And, uh, James, I know that you also have some uh, background in the Glastonbury Landscape Zodiac. So let's chat about that before we move on to Roslyn. Well, yes, that's a it's a it's a very uh, interesting phenomenon that occurs around uh, Glastonbury that very few people are really aware of. And uh, but uh, as we were discussing earlier, in 1927, local artist and uh, mystic, um, I believe it was Kathleen Maltwood, discovered Catherine Maltwood discovered. Um, not unlike the Nazca Plains in Peru, these animal etchings that were all around Glastonbury for about a 10-mile diameter, uh, you know, from uh, circling the uh, the city of Glastonbury itself. And uh, her work into this uh, revealed that there were 12 perfect zodiac uh, symbols etched into the earth. They were only visible from... Uh, you know, from like a hot air balloon or an airplane. And uh, and so uh, some of the experts, some of the anthropologists have uh, speculated that this is even older than the zodiac found in, in uh, Egypt. There is another one of these located in Egypt that is considered to be 5,000 years old, and they consider the one in Glastonbury even older, uh, 7,000 years old, which... Uh, uh, you know, brings us back to the uh, talk that we were saying about uh, Joseph of Arimathea taking uh, Jesus uh, to spend some time during those missing years between the age of 12 and, and 31 when his work truly began uh, in the public faction that he was actually studying in India and also went to uh, uh, southwest England to study with the Druids. Uh, in an ancient mystery school in the areas of Glastonbury. And so the fact that that uh, Glastonbury Zodiac is there and is over 7,000 years really lends a lot of uh, credence to the idea that the Druids uh, were um, a mystic society connected to ancient Atlantis and that uh, the U.K. uh, was actually... um, Connected, or at least a colony of, in parts of it, to uh, to Atlantis before its uh, 
uh, final uh, demise. And uh, that's where a lot of this knowledge about uh, earth energies and uh, the incredible stone circles came from, that it was actually from the uh, a special sect of priests that existed in Atlantis that uh, you know were very aware of the amazing energies that exist in uh, Britain and, uh, and then through Europe, and that uh, Karnak section of uh, Normandy, France, Brittany, France. So, James, we, we're, we're getting you know, fairly short on time, and we really must spend some time in Roslyn Chapel and, the, and the, the whole area of Roslyn. Actually, it's not just the chapel. So you're going to collect all this energy up, um, do these ceremonies from the southwest of England, and then go to Roslyn to finish off your trip. So tell us, what is it that's really special and important about Roslyn? Well, Roslyn is uh, one of the most powerful and unique locations on the planet. A lot of people are aware of Rosslyn Chapel through the Da Vinci Code and through the uh, uh, the studies of the uh, Holy Grail. And you know, it was long speculated that the Holy Grail or the uh, or the spear that uh, was used to kill Christ was recovered by the Templars in Solomon's Temple and then hidden uh, in uh, Rosslyn Chapel when it was built in uh, 1446 by William Sinclair. But uh, but what I believe and what uh, um, what Metatron channels and this is uh, pretty unique information is that what is beneath Rosslyn Chapel is not um, is not artifacts from the Templars is not the Holy Grail but it is a area that was lo- that was recognized not only by the Atlanteans but by the uh, extraterrestrials as being one of the most powerful grid points on the planet, and there has always, even in um, even in uh, not so uh, far long times, Roslyn was considered the uh, the pilgrimage point uh, from six major cathedrals uh, in Britain. That it was the seventh or the or the crown chakra point of the uh, of of six major grid points in. Uh, in uh, in Europe, and so it was always recognized as being a very special place. But Metatron tells me that there were cathedrals, that there were temples located there long before um, the Sinclairs rebuilt uh, one there uh, and called it Rosslyn Chapel. And Rosslyn, of course, comes from the name Rose Line because of the uh, ley line that runs through there called the Line of the Rose that goes all the way from there to... Um, to Spain at uh, uh, Compostela de Santiago, which is one of the seven uh, pilgrimage points, and so we believe that. Uh, and, and so, what I, what I'm uh, taking this pilgrimage there for is that it is one of the most powerful sun gates, star gates, and sun disk on the planet, and that we are going to go there to do ceremony, to do anchoring, to do alignment, to connect that to uh, Titicaca, to to Mount Pinnacle in Arkansas, where another sun disk exists, and that uh, the entire area within there is just an incredibly unique geology. Right, ben- the wind beneath the wind, the wind beneath the wings of Roslyn Chapel is Roslyn Glen, where the North Esk River goes through a little mini Grand Canyon, so to speak, that has all sorts of petroglyphs carved on the sandstone walls and a cave that looks like an eye. Uh, and has a petroglyph of a human eye in there that opens the third eye. It can absolutely take you into other dimensions. 
and uh, it is just a magical devic energy. There are some 800-year-old oak trees and hawthorn trees, which are very sacred. So you really feel in that area the holograms of time. There are time gates, stargates. And through the work of Bill Bueller, who is uh, just an amazing man, who uh, reintroduced the idea and concept of the Rochelle grids, uh, Bill talks about a Rochelle grid or a type of gener- generating uh, grid that fuels and uh, stargates existing inside uh, Rosslyn Chapel, and I've done some meditations on that spot, and it truly is a uh, a point where if you can raise your vibration to the theta frequency, you can have incredible uh, experiences. And so it is a magical place. It is far more than um, than Templar lore. It is one of the most powerful stargates on the planet. And it is located on one of the most powerful grids for the planet. And that particular grid, that particular is the reason that the uh, star, that the uh, sun disk was placed below there. A better name for the sun disk might be a dimension stabilizer. I believe there are 12 of these across the uh, Earth and that they are being realigned uh, to tune in with the ascension. And I believe that this one uh, is uh, one that we're going to go to to receive the code and to pass the code. We in the human race carry these codes. Uh, some of us are, many people are code carriers. So they are envoys from the future. They are uh, extraterrestrial in human bodies. And uh, uh, we're all part of the same family of God. But uh, this is an exciting time to be here. It really so, is, isn't it? Yeah. So I just wanted to, to, to add to that, because I know when I was went to Roslyn, obviously the chapel has been built deliberately where it is, but the glen around that chapel is part of the energy of the whole site, isn't it? Absolutely. So you absolutely. have to take it all in. Yeah. And, not, you know, in, in Edinburgh itself, you have a place called Author's Seat, and there is a ley line that comes from the park of Author's Seat in Edinburgh, uh, you know, that, uh, and this is uh, from, from the work of Bill Bueller as well. And uh, and so you just have that tremendous energy in there, and uh, it, but it is the come up, it it is located where it is located precisely as you say, Peter, because of the tremendous energy sources that gather there. So James, amazingly, we've come to the end of the show. It's gone so quickly, and we've had such a great time. Thank you. And anybody that wants to connect with James's work, www.earth-keeper.com. Um, I'm not sure if the trip is filled or not, but uh, uh, maybe people wanting to go. Um, but I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Peter. It's always an honor, and you're, you're a great host. Thank you. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Well, a whirlwind around the sacred sites of the UK. Fantastic. And next week, my guest will be similarly brilliant, John Wadsworth, who is the astrologer who works very specifically with the Glastonbury Zodiac. And he'll be telling us again about why and how it is such a useful tool for us to be working with in these fantastic times in which we live. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Have a great week. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.